We're in week two of this series called Be Positive. And really, it's pretty timely for, for the time we find ourselves in right now. So often, negativity can just try to rule our lives. And I don't know if you've noticed, but people complain. We complain about all sorts of things. We complain about the weather. It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too rainy. It hasn't rained enough. And you know, when I think about it, some of the things that we complain about are pretty ridiculous in the scheme of things. We complain about slow but free Wi-Fi. It's free on the house, costless, zero dollars. Buy none, get one free. And yet we complain when our YouTube video takes a few extra moments to load. We complain about lengthy waits in drive-throughs and click and clicks. I mean, think about a, a drive-through. We're going to sit in the air conditioning in our car with music going for a bit, and then a hand is going to pop out of a window with a bag of hot food and we'll be on our way. How, how isn't this some sort of royalty treatment? Why do we complain if we have to move into a waiting bay in the Macca's drive through for a few moments? Other, other things are less trivial. I don't know about you, but during a time when you're in stay-at-home order or you're in isolation, there's lots of stuff to complain about. If you're living in a house very close to lots of family members and you're learning a whole lot of stuff about the people that you're stuck with, I mean, about the people that you get to be with, maybe you found yourselves complaining. Conversely, if you're alone or at least not with the majority of your friends and family, you might have found yourselves complaining for good reason about missing those people. People complain about the pandemic. Why aren't we wearing masks? Why do we have to wear masks? Why aren't we in lockdown? Why aren't we in a stricter lockdown? When are we going to get out of the lockdown? People, people complain that the borders are closed. And when other states have had more cases than us, we complain that our borders haven't closed quickly enough. Now, there's lots of genuine stuff worthy of complaining about at the moment for so many people. I don't want to take away for that. And it's, hard, it's healthy, sorry, to express our complaints, our frustrations perhaps, in appropriate ways and to appropriate people. But I want to suggest to you that we've got a new pandemic that we're facing, the pandemic of complaining. And we, as the people of God, we need to flatten that curve on this pandemic of complaining. And there is a cure. It's called gratitude. Gratitude is something we really, really need to have. And so we do talk about it in church from time to time. We need to be able to stay positive. And so today we're going to revisit the importance of gratitude. As we often find, this isn't just a biblical precept, which we'll look at in a moment from Philippians, but psychology researchers have caught up with this biblical wisdom. Research has been done on the psychological benefits of gratitude in our lives. And check this out. There's been at least five different things that they've positively identified that gratitude does in our lives. Firstly, gratitude eliminates toxic emotions. Gratitude reduces pain. Gratitude improves sleep quality. Gratitude aids stress regulation and gratitude reduces anxiety and depression. Does this sound a bit like a miracle drug? Well, it kind of is. And it's got no bad side effects. So even if you're sceptical, gratitude is worth a try. You feel a little critical, feeling a little bit anxious, a little bit, a little bit of pressure, hear yourself complaining more than you'd like. Maybe today is a good day to try to increase your gratitude. I read a phrase last week, and it hasn't been attributed to anyone in particular. It just seems to be out there, but I'd never heard it before. It says, gratitude is the gateway to peace. And I love that image. Think about it for a moment. Gratitude is the gateway to peace. I encourage you today to step through it, to step into it, and to watch God transform your heart. Because you can't have gratitude in your heart 
and then have all this complaining coming across your lips, right? Gratitude becomes a gateway to peace. Now, I don't just stand up here and throw out this as some little cute phrase that you can memorise or whatever. I've really seen it personally in my life. As Phil suggested in church a few years ago in a sermon, I try to make it a practice to keep a gratitude list. Early last year, a friend gave me a gratitude journal and I don't use it every day. I don't use it that often. But when I'm feeling a bit hopeless, when I'm feeling a bit woe is me, when I struggle to do anything but complain, I take the time to consider, to ask myself, what am I grateful for? And when you start this process, it may look like I'm grateful for my family, for my friends, the roof over my head, the sunshine on my face. And at first it kind of gets a bit hard to find stuff, but you just keep going and things get deeper. And I want to tell you that gratitude really has guided me out of despair at times. So maybe today you find yourself in a bit of a pit, anxious, negative, complaining, bitter. Well, gratitude, I want to say today for you, can become your gateway to peace. We're going to look at a scripture, um, Philippians chapter 4. And we need to understand something before we get into this scripture. Paul is actually writing this book from prison, right? I'm reading Acts at the moment in my quiet time. And every time I do read Acts, I get a a little bit mind blown at Paul's resilience and his positiveness in the face of the crazy stuff that he, he encounters. So Paul in prison, a situation where he's locked up, he can't go anywhere. No groceries, no five people picnic soon if he's vaccinated. He just can't get out. He certainly has a very unsure future, doesn't know what tomorrow brings for him. But it's in that situation that he pens these words where he writes in verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now I could tell you that it's a technique that Paul uses when, when he says something super important. He, he repeats it and, and says it again. And, and, and that's not really profound, right? Like, yeah, that's what happens. But if it happens in my life too, right? If I want my kids or my husband to really hear something, I'll get their attention and say something. And then I'll say it again. I'm serious. It's like, this is really important. You need to list it up. So Paul says, rejoice. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice always. It's important. Well, that Greek word for rejoice is the word Cairo. And it means to be glad, which would make sense. But there's also this beautiful truth a little bit deeper. Cairo comes directly from the word charis. And charis or charis means grace. That is having God's unmerited favour. In other words, getting something we don't deserve. For Paul, circumstances didn't dictate him rejoicing. It was a deeper truth. And understanding that he's experienced something that causes true rejoicing. Rejoice. I'm going to tell you again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Paul's saying, God's not gone. In the middle of me being in prison, in the middle of my isolation or in a pandemic, he's not gone. The Lord is near. Therefore, he says, do not be anxious about anything. Now that's a tough one. Don't be anxious about anything. Well, that word anxious, we're doing a little bit of Greek today. I'm not great at it, but there's some beautiful pictures from the Greek in this text. That word anxious, it means Yes, to be worried and to be conserved, but even more relatable to me, the picture in Greek is that it means to be pulled apart in many directions. Who felt a little pulled apart recently? Can't worry begin to pull us apart. Start worrying about your job. You start worrying about your health and your finances. And all all this stuff comes on you and you feel that you're being pulled apart, anxious. But Paul says, don't 
be pulled apart. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. And this, this is a concept that Paul talks about many times in Scripture. Last week, Phil looked at Romans 8 where Paul says, hey, listen, God can take all things, everything, and work them together for the good of those who are called according to His purpose. It's the same principle. God uses everything. He says, listen, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. As I said, these few verses are full of these word pictures. And the word thanksgiving is the word Eucharista. And it means thankful, yes. But in the middle of the word, can you notice what word we see there again? We see the word charis. It's that idea of God's unmerited favour, His grace. Paul is saying you can rejoice, rejoice always with thanksgiving. Because these things, these emotions, these attitudes stem from a place much deeper than circumstance. It's from a heart of gratitude, understanding that you've been saved. Because you see, the truth of the matter is what Paul's saying is, listen, I'm in prison here. I get it. I'm locked up. But you know what? My circumstance doesn't dictate my ability to rejoice and be thankful. For Jesus has already saved me. God has given me his unmerited favour. And for us today, I would suggest to you that it's not just about being out of lockdown or being out of your fear or worry. It's, it's about something much deeper, being set free, being transformed from the burden of sin that holds us back, receiving something that we didn't deserve. Perhaps we didn't even know we knew, needed God's grace. And in that, we find the ability to rejoice. We find the ability to be thankful. That's what Paul's telling us. And then check this out, verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace. That word for peace in the Greek, last Greek word today, I promise. But it's actually the exact opposite for being anxious. So anxiety is being pulled apart, right? Pulled in different directions. But this word for, for peace, arene, it means the exact opposite. It means to be made whole, to be complete. Often worries pull us apart in many directions and we actually become fearful to move, fearful to make a decision, fearful to know what to do next. You ever find yourself fearful to move, to do some of the even basics of life, being pulled apart in many directions? Paul's like, don't be anxious. Don't be pulled apart by many things. There's something better. It's called peace. It's about being whole. Peace is guarding my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. But you know what? You, you can't get this verse 7, this peace, without doing verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, make your requests known to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Because, because his thoughts, right? They're so much higher than our thoughts. His ways are so much higher. So how do I get to the peace? Well, it goes back to that gratitude. It's the gateway to peace. Where does gratitude come from? It comes from an understanding of something that you didn't, or so that you received that you didn't deserve. God's grace, His charis, His unmerited favour. And when we understand that, we can operate from the place of gratitude. And as Jesus said, out of the overflow of your heart, sorry, out of your heart, your heart full of gratitude, your mouth will speak thankfulness. And it, and it begins to squelch that negativity. It, it helps us to be positive. You know, gratitude has a lot to do with perspective. 
when my son Brad, who's now 21, but he was about three years old. And um, Phil and I were shopping and we lost him briefly at Green Hill Shopping Centre in East Maitland. We were very young then. And I can't really remember how exactly it happened, but I know the feeling. We had these two crying babies in a pram and Brad was not quite three, you know, toddling around. And we turned our eyes for a moment and he was gone. We looked around for him for a while and I was feeling anxious, sick. You might have experienced it before. And I was like, please, God, I don't want anything else in life. I'll never ask you for anything else again. Just let me find him and let him be safe. Well, after a little while looking for him, we went to centre management. And as we walked down the corridor and went into the, into the door of the office there, he was sitting up on the bench. And I tell you, the moment I saw him, at that moment, everything changed. I was the most grateful person on planet Earth. My sp- perspective was so different at that moment. Just before I'd been complaining to Phil and, and ungrateful because my girls wouldn't sleep. They just wouldn't lie in their prams happily like all the other babies in the shops did. But when I saw Brad after he'd been missing, life was perfect. I had my husband, my three kids safe, and there was not a more holy and beautiful moment ever because my perspective had changed in that moment. Perspective changes when we change our focus. You will have all seen those images that if you stare at something in a certain way, your eyes refocus, your perspective changes. And instead of seeing an old lady, you see some sort of pelican or something. You know, you've you've seen them before. Our focus changes what we see. And so Paul finishes up with this thought. The final verse that Paul pens here in this book of Philippians in verse 4, chapter sorry, in chapter 4, verse 8, he says, coming to a close, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about such things. Change your focus. Focus on those things. Let those things take up the most space in our life and minds. Why? Because what we think about tends to transform our hearts. And then out of the overflow of our heart, the mouth will speak. And don't we, don't our family, doesn't our world right now need us to speak gratitude and hope rather than to complain and despair? Perhaps today we need to ask God to change our focus, to remind us again of His grace, His unmerited favour, all He has already done for us. And knowing that gratitude is the gateway to peace, intentionally think about those things which will help us walk through that gateway rather than to get stuck in the pit of complaining. Would you try to do that with me this week? And let's pray. God, forgive us for our ungratefulness. Forgive us for complaining when we have so much and believe the lie that we truly have so little. God, help us to be a people overwhelming and overflowing with an attitude of deep gratitude and worship to you. Help us to be grateful, not just for what we have, but most of all, for who you are and for the fact that you are with us. You are near. Forgive us for our ingratitude and transform us, God. Help us to be the one, not just to feel gratitude, but also to show it, to show it to you and to show it to your people. God, help us to turn every blessing that you pour into praise this week, that the world would know more about you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.